Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Saba Talks podcast. My name is Chad Shapiro. I want to welcome you to Saba Talks, where we're going to have a weekly podcast. I encourage you to share this out with everybody you can, as it's going to be very, very powerful to you personally and everybody that may come in contact. This session, we're going to be talking about what is disruptive innovation. And we have Elizabeth Coffee here. If you could say hello. Hi, yes, I'm Elizabeth Coffey. I uh, work for the Baptist General Convention of Texas, and I'm lucky enough to work here in San Antonio for them. We are so excited to have you. We have a great panel of other speakers that are going to be sharing uh, some of the thoughts as Elizabeth starts to uh, share forth about what is disruptive innovation. Coming off of uh, Saba Live, which was right here at the Saba offices, which if you missed it, the recording is uh, up on the website in different locations. I strongly encourage you to go back and find that. But uh, just in in kind of recap, Elizabeth, what is disruptive innovation? Uh, The definition that I gave um, at Saba Live was this, that disruptive innovation is an innovation that creates a new market and a value network and eventually disrupts an existing market and value network, displacing established market-leading organizations and products. I also defined uh, what a value network is, because I think that's important for us. Uh, And we talked about that as a set of connections between organizations and or individuals interacting with each other to benefit the entire group. And uh, I don't know about you, but that sounds uh, a lot like the church, Uh, a group of relationships and people that um, work together and add value to one another. Uh, and it was so powerful. I know uh, along the panel here today, we were a lot of us were there at that speech live. Um, anything you guys would like to add about you know kind of the beginning points of Elizabeth talking about what is disruptive innovation, and if you could introduce yourself too. I'm Pastor Dante Banks from the God Chasers Community Church. I'm just happy to be here today. Um, I, I love the idea of disruptive innovation, especially in relation to markets. It's it's all about finding a new market, finding someone who's underserved and serving those people. It's not necessarily about the so disruptor, good. but yeah. it's about the market um, and, and making sure that we're reaching people um, who are not being reached and, and thinking of people who hadn't been thought of. So I, I'm excited to talk about that today. It's so great to have you here, Pastor Dante. Appreciate it. My name is Gary Patterson. I pastor the Berean Bible Fellowship, and I'm glad that we're looking at this theme of disruption in that what I think is helpful as we begin to look at the church generally, Mm -hmm. the progression of the church, it's obvious we've got to do something different. Mm -hmm. And disruption equals different. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think what we're, we're beginning to have a conversation around is how can we engage our society with the Great Commission in a different way, reaching new people that have been unreached and dare to see those that we don't see right now. Right. That, to me, is the epitome of disruption. Yeah, and I, I personally love it that here at the San Antonio Baptist Association that we are starting the year talking about this topic to go out of the traditional confines, the way we've been doing things, and to go forward into the new year. I really want to thank Saba for being able to do it. Some of the t- key takeaways, uh, Elizabeth, that you uh, were really on your heart as you were sharing forth. Yeah, I think that one of the things that is important to think about when we're talking about disruptive innovation is that um, we're 
when we're talking about it, we're talking about an entire transformation of something, of a product or um, of something that is his- historically was really, really complicated. And so I think uh, in that and many times, only a few people, if you had the right resources, if you were uh, the right class, had access to. Um, and But disruptive innovation, what it looks like in, in kind of turning the tables on that, is that um, it started off as a simple, super low-grade, affordable, accessible way of engaging with that same um, paradigm of services or products. And so what happened then, or what happens in a, in in a moment like that is all of a sudden something that was just for a few is for many. Mm -hmm. Um, And so something that felt really distant and far away for a certain group of people because they lacked resources or understanding or maybe even uh, lacked access for one reason or the uh, another, whether it is because of their socioeconomic bracket, sometimes even because of their race or ethnicity, they didn't have access to a certain type of service or product. And the disruption comes in when all of a sudden... Um, something that felt so distant is tangible to those type uh, to that group of people. And um, again, I think this is, again is super important when we're thinking about what it means to relate that to the church. Um, I don't. I mean, as I'm saying, and I'm making five, ten, fifteen correlations to how that applies to not just uh, the the church and our the way that we think about programming or the way that we think about loving our neighbors and community, but specifically the gospel. Yeah. And uh, I think that so that's why I believe this is the perfect topic to be starting off uh, Sabatox and Sab Alive. I love it. I love it. We're going to talk a lot about how it impacts the church and how it already has throughout um, the history. But to be able to really drive home what it is, maybe some examples of uh, even the marketplace where we've seen it so we can see a little bit of how that is from any of our panel, any examples that are uh, on your heart or on your mind that can help draw the comparison. I'll jump in right here. This is uh, Omar Martinez, the executive pastor at Mighty Fortress. Uh, you, you know, something in doing some research about disruptive innovation, at least trying to find the truer definition of it versus what what the words mean to me yeah. and how I put them together. Uh, I found that there are um, several examples of, of disruption that I think are fascinating. And some are technology driven. Some are just the way we change how we catch a cab. Right from ca- from hailing the cab and picking up the phone and dialing two 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 to uh, how old app. are you? Old? <laughs> Is it telling your age? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, still a little bit older, but uh, but these days you can watch the car pull up and you can watch when he makes a wrong turn when he passes you up. I'm like I'm right over here, you know. So yeah, uh, and so that's it's that's kind of, that's always referenced as a disruption uh, into into that particular industry, but not only is it that completely transformed how the way they did that. There's also disruption that only affects, that builds a niche. So what I learned about was uh, Instagram. So we all know social media. We use it for our, our ministries. Many of us do. And it didn't come and totally transform social media, but it built a niche that didn't exist before because it, it solved for something that, that just kind of translated well for for the communities that were yeah. uh, consuming it, absolutely, uh, standard social media. Uh, so um, those are a couple of couple of examples that I picked right. up on. Uh, That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, 
we could talk about Netflix and how they literally changed the way we watch movies. I mean, um, comparative to Blockbuster or... or how old even, are you? Or going to... <laughs> <laughs> old enough to remember Blockbuster. Going to Blockbuster. Uh, taking coupons to Blockbuster. <laughs> getting uh, one... Getting late about, fees. Getting late fees from Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, getting late fees from Netflix. Do you remember this? Where they <laughs> had the DVD, and if you didn't send it back at a certain amount of time, they would charge you... Yeah, I'm, I'm that old. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, Netflix really literally changed the way we watch TV and um, changed the way we watch movies. And it literally brought the movie theater to our homes, um, mm -hmm. where even in Blockbuster's time, you had to go out and get a Blockbuster video. Net Netflix started literally mailing you DVDs, and you could watch those DVDs at home. And there was nothing fancier than getting those red packages in your mailbox yeah. um, <laughs> back in the day. And, <laughs> <laughs> watching those DVDs, but it's it's that it's that idea that there is a market that is underserved, and how can I serve this market? There there is somebody who doesn't want to go out to the latest blockbuster video, and um, blockbuster was all about the new movie, and Netflix sort of started out being about old older movies and movies that you couldn't necessarily find that blockbuster without doing some <laughs> without digging through the aisles through the aisle. <laughs> yeah. so it was it was really like reaching those markets and i think uh that's that's the key to disruption that that beautiful is it part. is it oversimplified to say usually this disruption equals a better way for something to happen you know i wouldn't always say that it's necessarily uh better and uh, we'll get a little bit into this in our next podcast of this difference between disruptive innovation and sustained innovation but it certainly is different and i think that i think that one thing to keep in mind when we're talking about this is we're talking about uh, two different values systems for success, right? When we're thinking about the business world and profit margin and what drives disruptive innovation in that space versus what drives and should be driving disruptive innovation inside of the church. So more and more access and uh, uh, more accessibility in some ways is is better and um, is more equitable and is something that we should be advocating for and striving for and constantly iterating on. And then in other ways, sometimes I think more is not always better. And um, does that cheapen something that is actually super precious and really, really valuable? And what does it mean to differentiate between complete and 100% access to something with um, a concept that would say that this is treasured and this is set apart and different? And we have our own uh, Christian lingo for that type of stuff. Um, but what is better and and I, but I think that thing like when we're talking about video streaming specifically going back to that example about Netflix you know Netflix also had um, they discovered that um, in the they were relating to a, an entirely different audience, entirely different group, right. but they continued to iterate on what it is that they were providing for people to the Absolutely. point where now they do have the newest right. and the best. Right. And um, they, they've changed the not just um, the the movie and entertainment watching side of the industry, but the production side of the industry. Yeah, that, they're making their own. Yeah, they're making yeah. their own. They're, and they're making it in a way where um, this concept didn't exist 
uh, before, but right. binge watching, right. they're catering to binge watchers and they're putting out series with the expectation that you're going to sit down, and you're going to watch all eight episodes at one time. So they're changing a value network as well. They're not just changing the market. It's grown. It, they were targeting an t- entirely different type of population. Um, and because they were doing that and because they iterated on it, and they had the power and ability to strategically change a value network and the way people related not just to film and entertainment but to each other and that, that it became something that you connected to and with amongst people. Um, it's become what it has today where it's redefining um, the entertainment industry where people are following like Amazon and Apple and um, they're wanting in on that. HBO, they're wanting in on that too. Um, and uh, it Iterating themselves as well. And so I think that there are values inside of that that are things that we should learn from and values inside of that that we should run from. And how do we begin to think about that and how do we differentiate um, uh, some of that? But if we're just purely talking from the definition of what it is, I think Netflix video streaming is one of the most, is is a perfect example of what uh, disruptive innovation has looked like. Um, not just in our country, uh, but now globally. Yeah, and also in our churches. And uh, I was thinking about um, when you were talking about, uh, Omar, when you were talking about better, um, in relation to uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 8, when the Bible says that now we have a better promise. Our, mm. our, our relationship to God is built on better promises, and Jesus is the representation. He is the disruptor that represents. And I think a lot of times we're afraid of the word better. You know, mm-hmm. because we're so used to the status quo mm-hmm. and we're afraid to sort of challenge the status quo. But the whole entire idea of disruption is to say that there might be a better way to serve a certain market or there might be a better way to do a thing. I don't think we can be so afraid. I mean, as the church in general, we can't be afraid of better. We, we should always be striving for better, to do better, to, to live better, to have better, and to figure out better ways to communicate this better promise. The gospel, Amen. the literal gospel means the good news, the, the better promise that we have. That's so. good. This is Daryl Horn, director of SABA. My voice is not up to par today, oh, but yeah. speaking of better, providing a better service to more people, a, a really good example in business was um, in 2010, Gillette Razors had 70% of the world's market. I don't know how many billions of dollars that was, but they had 70% of the world's market. In January 2011, two guys were talking at a party, and they were talking about how disgusted they were of having to pay the high prices for razors. And so they decided to start a company called the Dollar Shave Company, Mm. where they provided each month $1 per razor. So when you signed up for them, you paid $5 a month. They mailed it to you, kind of like Netflix. They mailed it to you. Uh, You got five razors in a packet, and all it cost you was $5, which was five razors for much cheaper than one of Gillette's razors back at that time. They, they took on, uh, uh, like as some would say, it was a David and Gillette <laughs> moment. David being uh, Dollar Shave Club. They started out in a small market and over time grew and grew. And 
I started buying their product in 2011 and still do. In 2016, they sold their company for a billion dollars. So in five years, having a new idea, serving other people that felt like they weren't being served well, Mm. they were able to uh, hit the market and then five years later have a billion-dollar company. That's incredible. Uh, You know, and just to kind of throw one last example in there, I think is, is, I just love referencing, is the the Bible app. Yeah. So when it comes to our a positive disruption that happened in, in our world um, is that Bible app. I've heard there's been billions of downloads yeah. of yeah. that Bible app. And we worked culture. very hard to fly Bibles out around the world, to give them away at outreach events, to just constantly provide people with the yeah. Word of God in printed form for years and years and years and years. And then along comes this opportunity where it's just now it's reaching so, so many people. And I just... I just thought I'd highlight that. It's, I think no, that's a great others. example. And we're going to talk a lot more about what the church has been doing to reach the community in the past and in the future. I got so excited, I'm not sure if I introduced myself. My name is Chad Shapiro, pastor of Ignite Community Church. I encourage you to share this, to maybe go back and listen again, and to definitely listen into the future episodes that we're going to be sharing here from Saba. Take care, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.